You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, Minor Talk is live. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We are back represented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side of Fabens. Trust the local experts at the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, or life insurance needs. That's the Oscar Arieta Agency, uh, who is the presenting sponsor here on Minor Talk. Well, there's no sugarcoating it. Let's get right to it. Despite a solid start in this game, the UTEP football team disappointed the fan base in a huge way tonight. In front of a sold-out crowd falling to North Texas 31-13. The city of El Paso, big shout-out to them. They held up their end of the bargain. The announced attendance of 45,971 fans at the Sun Bowl became UTEP's first sell-out crowd since the Longhorns of Texas came to face the Miners back in 2008. The fans showed up despite a one-hour lightning delay, so you got to give all the credit to the city of El Paso and the way they showed up for the 915 game. But you got to hold this UTEP football team accountable for the way they showed up in this uh, opener against North Texas. Highly anticipated matchup. This one meant so much to the fan base simply because we know that El Paso often has fair weather fans. When they're winning, everybody's aboard with this UTEP football team. When they're losing, it's a negative you know, attitude toward this program. And that's how you, things usually wrap up with uh, this UTEP football team. Before we get into all the, the nitty-gritty in this UTEP football game uh, in their 31-13 loss against North Texas, I do want to mention that our phone number is 915-505-6009. That's a telephone number to get into the program. That's 915-505-6009 as we get uh, in to Minor Talk. Uh, we are also, pre- again, we're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can trust the experts at the Oscar Arieta Agency and I really appreciate them for uh, helping us out here on Minor Talk. Sal Montes is back. He uh, did a great job uh, on the broadcast and producing the show. Sal, uh, before we get into everything, how are you doing? Uh, it's a disappointing loss for the Miners nonetheless. Oh man, uh, first it, it's awesome to be back. Uh, Adrian we're back in the saddle again. This is what year number four, correct, or, or something like year that. number four. We, we've done so many, and I'll, I'll pick up that line in a bit as well. But it feels good to be back. Disappointing loss for sure. We we talked about the expectations, and rightfully so. But um, yeah, North Texas just showed they're the better team tonight all around. You're definitely right, Sal. And this is one of those instances with the UTEP Miners um, where, hey, they, they had these high expectations going into this one. Remember, they had they had their fan groups going across town, their uh, caravans who tried to get people hyped up about this one. <laughs> they had... Um, uh, they had all this excitement about this UTEP football game against North Texas, the sellout. It was great on on a fan perspective because yeah. if you were a fan going to this one, you were encouraged by the crowd. You were excited to see 40,000-plus in the stands for the first time since Oklahoma came into town back in 2012. But nonetheless, there was a lot of problems in this game, and uh, let, let's run over them before we get to the phone lines right now. If you'd like to talk on the phones with us, give us a call, 915-505-6009. 
line as we get started here on Minor Talk. We'll hang we'll hang out with you all as long as uh, as long as you hang out with us. Um, this is going to be one of those interesting nights where we see how the fan base reacts. Twitter has really gone crazy, so we could go on Twitter as well and uh, you know get to some great perspectives. We already got some callers on deck that we'll get to as well. Uh, but first, I want to I want to run down my thoughts for this game. I'll get your thoughts as well, Sal. Uh, number one. The UTEP offense, as they were last year, they showed it again tonight. They are unreliable. When they try to be too reliant on the defense, the offense always falters, not simply because they they can't be efficient. They showed it tonight. They can have those big plays. They can have the hardest in passes to Tyron Smith or Ray Flores all they want. They, uh, but the problem is executing and finishing drives is such an issue for this yeah. UTEP football team, and that dates back to last year. Um, I think the Breon Hayward loss was felt in a big way. The linebacker who is still pending his NCAA waiver, he did not suit up tonight, and uh, the graduate senior is hoping that he can get that waiver to grant him an extra year of eligibility at some point this season. Unfortunately, that process is dragged on, and uh, despite the team hoping that he would be available by week zero. This process could drag on uh, a little while longer in, from what we can see on our side. And as far as the minor defense goes, I, I think they did okay when it comes to their pass defense. Did I want them to do a little bit more up front? Yes, I, I wanted them to pressure Austin Ani a little bit more. And I, I think that they, um, were really sh- they were really hurt by that North Texas run force that was just uh, in high motion tonight. And then at the same point, over all of this, UTEP needs to be way better on third down conversions. Like they allowed uh, North Texas to convert six third down plays, and all six of those were key moments, including two touchdown plays on third and goal situations. That can't happen for this UTEP defense. Going back to the offense, especially knowing how reliant the offense is on for this uh, for for this defense. And then you know when it comes to the offense, circling it all back. Gavin Hardison has already gotten a lot of flack. I'm just going to call it as it is. On social media, people are already saying that there should have been an open quarterback competition, that they are still doubting uh, Gavin Hardison as a bona fide quarterback and a star in this uh, league. I'm not saying he's necessarily a star, but uh, I think we didn't learn enough about Gavin Hardison. I'll tell you why. I think we didn't understand what that offensive line really is because they did not give him enough time in certain in certain plays. Yes, did he have some bad passes? Of course, I'm not going to defend him at that point. But at the same time, he had a ton of drops by his receivers, and uh, one of the biggest ones, of course, is going to be that Tyron Smith drop, where it's going to be the ultimate what if. What if Tyron Smith had just hauled that pass, caught that touchdown, and they went up at the before the end of the half instead of trailing. 14 to 13 at the half when they were dominating that first half. The first two quarters, I felt like the Miners really had it in their bag. Uh, and then as far as the run game, it was non-existent. So that's a red flag for me big time, Sal. I'll turn it over to you. Give me your thoughts in this one. Yeah, disappointing uh, effort um, and performance all around, man. I, I think North Texas uh, came in here um, – you know, with the vibe that they were going to play the spoiler. And, and if we can be right. real, too, I think the vibe around El Paso was, um, hey, this UTEP team is turning it around. Let's go out there for them. Uh, they're they're going to get this win. They're going to have a great season. And a lot of people overlooked uh, North Texas, myself included. But North Texas is still a team that has won five in a row against the Miners, if I'm not mistaken. So this is something that um, the, the Miners really got to sharpen up because if we're being honest, Adrian, they haven't beaten a good team. I can't remember the last good team that they beat 
Who, Old Dominion? Yeah, and Old Dominion was a 500 team last year. Yeah. They weren't even that quality. So I'm with you on that, Sal. We're, st- uh, I'm, we're still searching for Dana Dimmel's first quality win. We're still searching for this team's first quality win under their uh, quote-unquote winning ways. I don't want to call it necessarily um, – like a like a flawed uh, like w- like what what happened last season. I don't want, I don't like want to call fluke? it like a fluke necessarily. I just want to l- let everybody know that these are some early red flags on this season. Uh, and if they're not able to regroup, that's going to be a big issue. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's welcome on one of our favorites here on Minor Talk. It's Ronnie who's joining us. Ronnie, give me your thoughts. This one was tough for minor fans. Uh. Tough isn't even the word, Adrian. I think I told you last year when the senator announced he was giving Demo the extension that that was just the wrong call. This is who the miners are under Demo, and this is who they will be, man. Saul said it best. They haven't beat anybody good, and they will not beat anybody good under the Demo era. So, Ooh, man, you know, that's in, tough. In a, in, a, in a world where you're seeing conferences expand geographically that make no sense. You got the California schools going to the Big Ten. You see coaches now getting 10-year deals. It is not unprecedented for a senator to say, Demo, I appreciate all you did, but giving you the extension was the worst thing I could have did. I need to buy you out and get you the hell out of here and go get somebody who knows what they're doing. It's as simple as that. Football is big, big business. And if you're telling me Hardison is QB number one, what the hell's behind him? Because I'm sorry, man. The dude's completing less than 50% of his passes. He's, you know you know what my problem is with Hardison? It's been like this since he's been here. Every time he's out there, you know what it looks like? He looks like the redshirt freshman who's trying to prove that he is QB number one, which tells me that he really has no support of his fans or his players or staff. He still has to play like that this far into his tenure. He should be a little more relaxed. He should just make smart decisions sometimes. And sometimes that's just taking a – simple check down. Sometimes that's not trying to throw a 32-yard bomb to a kid who we know is going to drop that because the kid who would have made that catch, we know where he transferred to and where he Oof, at. man. So, you had to bring Jacob Cowling up. You had to. You had course, to. Of course. That team changed when he decided he was leaving, period, point blank. And we talk all this stuff about the running game. Those guys had less than four yards per carry, man. So, come on. Those guys are average, too. Those guys are average, too. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You know, you got Dave Warner who has no creativity to get those guys, you know, going. And, you know, since he left Michigan State, I don't know, they only went 11 and 2 and were a top 10 team last year. So I guess they're not missing him. And then you got Demo's boy coaching the defense and calling the plays there. But you, the one that told me the secondary is supposed to be good, Adrian. Secondary good? That's a good secondary because they look like Oh, they no, got no, no, no. I, I don't, I never said that. I never said that. I said D-line. I said D-line, and the D-line definitely disappointed. So there you go. Uh, it went From the secondary being the disappointing to the – yeah, the whole defense was pretty disappointing. I'm with you. I mean, this is – I mean, Dimmel's – come on, man. This is who he is, man. Some coaches were made to be assistant coaches, and that's what Dimmel really was made to be, right? Like, that, like, let's just be real about it. He was made to be an assistant with a good program, maybe a line coach somewhere, but he wasn't made to run – true true program um you know on the flip side you go look at jerry kill tonight and what they did in their opener at home against nevada like there's some promise there right he's got to get some pieces but there's some promise there you could give demo alabama and they wouldn't win the national championship because that's just not who he is and that's just time to call a spade a spade man you guys all wanted terry out of here when he you know underachieved well what is demo doing What, what is demo doing 
is supposed to be the, the year, right? Because they had a great year last year. They built some momentum. They finally go to a bowl, and then they come out in a sellout crowd in an opener, which you ain't going to get too many more of those because who wants to spend their money in time when you can't beat North Texas? And, you know, and then the thing that really upsets me the most about Dimmel is post-game comment. If we play these guys ten times, we beat them eight. Really? Because you've never beat them in your career, Dimmel. So what the hell are you talking about? Like, Oof, why would you say yeah. something so stupid and arrogant after the game? Yeah, I'll send that to Sal because Sal liked that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I put that quote up. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I, I got to go back. And sure enough, his first year, lost to North Texas. I think the last uh, – before this game, of course, because it was a blowout. Like, two of them have been close, but if but that's over half of them where North Texas had it decidedly. So, yeah, I, I didn't like that comment either. Yeah, that's tough, Ronnie. I mean, it's, you know, I get all what you're saying right there, but at the same time, if UTEP wins this game, the narrative flips. It's Dana Dimmel off a winning season where he took the Miners to a bowl game. You have to understand, Ronnie, I mean, for UTEP football, the this program has been so historically bad that fans will cling on to any kind of winning seasons and they'll hope for that they'll continue that kind of success. Now, sustaining that success is something UTEP hasn't done since 2004-2005, which is the last time you, you saw really back-to-back winning seasons with the Miners. So you, you have to understand where Miner fans are coming from when they set these expectations for, or I shouldn't even say expectations at this point. It's like more hope. They have all this hope. Uh, invested in this team and unfortunately tonight it just didn't start off on the right foot it's still a long season they could still pull off six wins they have an easy schedule they could still get back to a bowl game so the sky's not falling all you know all falling right here but it's about how this team you know redeems itself after this week uh i i beg to i don't they're not going to a bowl game i, I beg to differ they're, they're not like the way that hardison played after everything that they went through last year the way that they were going for it on fourth down in the first half because that touchdown he threw, let's be honest, man, that is actually a horrible play call in that situation. It's what, fourth and six? Yeah, fourth, and, fourth and all. Yeah, and then that fade play to Tyron Smith. Give me a break. You're going all or nothing? Like, if that corner doesn't come up and you get, like, come on, man. Like, that's not even a good play call. Like, and if, if you're doing it that early in a close ball game, that tells me what you really are at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I get it, Ronnie. I, I appreciate it, man. Hey, we got a, a couple other calls to get to, man, but I really appreciate your phone call. Uh, let's keep them going. 505-6009. That's our telephone number. That's 915-505-6009 as Minor Talk continues. Let's go to Keith, who's joining us next live from Winnipeg. Keith, good evening. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, what time is it over there? Is it like one thirty almost? Yeah, that's the time. All right, there you go, Keith. You hung on. You hang on with us. Uh, so we'll throw you on the radio. What do you What do you think of this one, Keith? Well, you know, I can't have good things. I guess you know. I'm, uh, you know, first off, uh, it's been exciting to have football back. Um, you know, UTEP back, and it's exciting to have uh, minor talk back. Uh, it's great to be on uh, with you. Um, you know, I hope everyone's having a good summer in El Paso. Um, what a nice intro, Keith. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The Bombers are dominating the CFL. And so that means my college team can't dominate uh, the college season. I guess that's just my luck. But, uh, you know, right now I have to look at this is that when like, (laughs) let's look at the first quarter, we could have been up 17, nothing. We could have been up 17, nothing in the first quarter. If we take advantage of the opportunities and I have, I'm not, I, I, I mean, it's bothered me since the first quarter. 
and I'm furious with the coaching staff. I think the offensive coordinator called a horrific game, a horrific game. I mean, we're, it's it's fourth and one at the goal line. We know what happened. And then it's fourth and inches. And now we do get a touchdown on that. But why are you throwing the ball like that? Even though it's a beautiful pass and catch, that should have been the third down. I, I, I just, I come into the season, you know, Adrian, with so much confidence with this team. I really thought that we could be an eight and four at best, even nine and three team. I really did. And now I'm, I I don't think that this team that we have, the team that you're watching at practice is going to be at its best because of this coaching staff. And I agree with the other caller. I mean, I'm, I, I just don't know. I, I don't want to bring down the party today, but we lost Man. this game because of the coaching staff. And Keith, you're usually the positive one. You're the one who has, you're the voice of reason for this UTEP football team or, or just UTEP sports in general. But man, you are just, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not uh, sold on this coaching staff. I understand where you're coming from. All right, l- let me break this down real quick. It's not Dave Warner who calls the plays. It's Dana Dimmel who calls the plays. I'm going to also bring you the UTEP drive chart, okay? This is their entire offensive drive chart throughout the game. First quarter, they drive down the field. It's an eight-play, 51-yard uh, drive that ends in a field goal attempt. That's a missed one. Then they drive all the way, 13 plays, 87 yards, all the way to the North Texas one-yard line. Turn the ball over on downs. Then they have a touchdown and a field goal on back-to-back drives. That looked good for the Miners in the second quarter. Uh, People felt like they were in control at that point. Punt, and then they go down, actually. They actually uh, start trailing North Texas at one point in the second quarter. They were able to capitalize off a late fumble, but instead of scoring inside the 10-yard line of North Texas, they settle for a field goal right before the end of the first half. Um, And then you look at what they did in in the second half. Fumble. It's the Gavin Hardison fumble, missed snap. He gets the ball. He gets a hit right away, and then he fumbles the ball. Then three straight turnover on downs, including one where they went to the North Texas 32-yard line, one where they went to the North Texas 37-yard line, and then finally they uh, they ended the game at the North Texas 41 where they turned the ball over on downs as well. Uh, that one was in garbage time, so I won't really count that one, but... You're talking about the Miners uh, turning the ball over on downs on three separate occasions when they needed to score and must score scenarios. And you talked about UTEP f- uh, fumbling and having a turnover under their belt. That is uh, that's pretty much inexcusable right there. Keith, let me ask you this. So you're, pr- you're pressing the panic button. Does this UTEP team, as of right now in your mind, go, go to a bowl game when it's all said and done? Oh man, I, I I've been thinking about this since since after the game. I I just the only way that that happens, or the way that this season turns around, is if the coaching staff gets it together. Because I really do believe that the coaching staff let this team down uh, this game. The play calling was horrific. Okay, I already said that. But you know what? The one thing is, is that North Texas started the game kind of sluggish. We saw the penalties they took. Something clicked with them. That coaching staff turned that team around. So in the second half, when things weren't going well for us, what did our coaching staff do? And one of the things that I, I haven't heard anyone discuss is why did we go for a fourth time? Why did we kick a field goal in um, yeah. you know um, when, when we're down by fifteen? Like like it just seems like we're we're trying to gamble and take so many risks, but the play calling just doesn't you know suffice the decisions like. 
I, I mean, I mean, we can go on this all day, but I just believe that when you look at what North Texas did, they didn't do, do anything special. They ran the ball, which we kind of went away with. And then the key thing was, was when they made those two touchdowns in the second half, in the third quarter, those were simple plays. One play almost got uh, deflected and uh, knocked down. They, all he did was roll out a simple pass and caught. We couldn't yep. do that. Our, our guys are holding, like we're, we're trying to throw the ball 40, 50 yards down the field almost on every single play. I just think that they have to regroup. The coaching staff has to have a better game plan. And maybe, maybe, but that's just, it all comes down to the coaching staff. What will they learn from this loss? Okay. All right, Keith, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We've got Rob and Louie to get to, but first let's go to Twitter. We've had a lot of people chime in on social media, so let's just read a couple tweets real quick. This one, Alfonso Frias tweets the show, 17 points left on the board, missed field goal, botched fourth down, and the wide-open drop. This game shouldn't be close, but they may prove to be their undoing if this game ends up being the way that it turned out. This one, Jesus Torres tweeted us, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Hopefully this changes. Uh, this game is important, and if we want people to keep going to the games. Hey, you're exactly right, Jesus. I talked about this earlier. UTEP needed this win, not just for you know to start off their season off on the right foot and give them some momentum, but they needed this game in terms of just giving them that. Uh, they, they needed that one for the fans. The fans are, it's going to be tough to convince fans to come out when it comes to that uh, NMSU game on September 10th, the Boise State game, which is a Friday. Uh, it's going to be tough to draw a, you know, an admirable crowd just knowing that they lost in the way that they did in front of how many people they did kind of reminds you of how they fell in that UTSA game. Yeah. Sal, they, that game was so overhyped. It was the ranked Roadrunners yeah. coming to town. And what happened with the Miners? They were tight and they laid an egg. Yeah, I, I mean, there was energy there, but at some point that energy has to transition into plays, and it's all about the wins. I mean, the Miners finally had a big crowd for them. It wasn't for the visitor. I mean, yeah, there were some North Texas fans there, but I mean, it's it's the miners. People went out there. The hype was there, and they just laid a big egg, man. It's they did not be, come through. It's going to be very, very tough to get a big crowd back in the Sun Bowl this year. It could take them all season. Shoot, they could even go over. Um, they could finish over five hundred, maybe seven wins. That's still not going to be enough. You're not going to get this kind of crowd again for a very long time. Victor Neff at Neff Poppy tweets us: UTEP sucking continues. Oklahoma will be head will be ahead twenty eight zero before the first quarter is over. Sooner second stringers will be playing by the third quarter. My Miners might get one or two field goals, but they'll lose by 66 points. Man, some really negative stuff coming from listeners, and I get it. I mean, fans were really frustrated after this loss. I understand. I'm just going to preface it by saying this. It's the first game. Sky's not falling, at least in my eyes. I still want to see what this team can bring week after week. Um, You know, you look at this team. This is just kind of that first point, and who knows? Maybe they're able to learn from this, and they still get wins from the likes of uh, New Mexico State and New Mexico. If they secure those two wins and make sure that they take care of business in those non-conference games, if they go Go into Conference USA play with a two and three record. Maybe you know, thinking they lose to uh, Boise State and Oklahoma, which 
you know, at least as of right now, those you could maybe think about those as losses for the Miners. If they go into Charlotte two and three, I look at that Conference USA schedule and I could find four wins in that schedule right there. It's just about this team regrouping and not getting down after this loss. Let's go to Rob, who's joining us next on the phone lines. We got Rob, Louie, and Milkman to get to. Uh, just hang on with us. Everybody who's been patient with us, really appreciate it. I know there have been people who are trying to get into the phone line, so just uh, hang on with us let's go to rob first rob good evening man thanks for listening and thanks for staying up with us yeah thanks for taking my call and um i got a lot of thoughts tonight um my first my first thoughts is uh is the box score you would think uh looking at the score that there was a big differential on the box score well actually utep outgained them on total yards they outgained them on pass yards by 60 they got outgained by rush yards by 50. Um, yards per play was uh, fairly even. Um, what do you call it? There was no interceptions by either team. Um, I would say looking at the box score, 0-0 after the first, 14-13 after the second. Um, they outscored us 14-0 to uh, in the third and 3-0 in the fourth. So the deciding factor of the game was the third quarter. And I feel like that is all coaching. So the last couple of callers nailed it on the dot. I feel like uh, being there in person, uh, you, there's no stat you could point to. But it just felt like from the eye test that they got easy yards and we had a struggle for every yard. And the most discouraging part was we were supposed to be strong up front. Four of the five offensive linemen uh, returning couldn't get Hardison any time to throw. Uh, on the back end, we had our the strength of our team was supposed to be the D line, and they ran through us like 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 it was you know a knife through butter. That that to me that to me was the most discouraging part. Yeah, that's their and strong I, point. That was supposed to be the best defensive line in all of conference USA. I'm going to read you a quick st- uh, stat, Rob, while you're on this because I think this should ne- this should uh, you know definitely be said throughout this one. Gavin Hardison had a sack in this one, and he and he was strip sacked as well. So um, you know they they definitely got to him in this game. And when you look at their defensive totals on the North Texas side of the things, they totaled eight quarterback hurries. Now let's go over to the minor side of things, where again. This is defensive line was supposed to be the best defensive line in all of Conference USA. Zero sacks. They had two quarterback hurries, and that's it. No forced fumbles, no turnovers whatsoever. They had tackles for losses, but those pretty much came in the run game, and they were not by your traditional defensive linemen whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely want to uh, put more emphasis on this one right here. The defensive line did not show up today. Exactly, and I heard the, the Dave Campbell's, you know, breakdown, and they had been saying Austinani is not good when you get him flustered, um, but he's very good if he has time to throw. And I thought to myself, hey, we got a good D-line. We're going to get him flustered. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, they were able to do what they wanted. Um, and then, uh, uh, as a couple of callers alluded to, and you did uh, the play calling. It was right before halftime. Um, we're within the 10 on the nine-yard line. And three straight passes. We have Deion Hankins. I don't. I don't really get the play calling. Um, but we got dominated up front. And the, and the most discouraging part was, you know, when you really break down North Texas, it's a tale of of two halves. It's the Mason Fine era, which they were really good, 
right. the Postmates of era. And they're not a good team. They're an average Conference USA team. It's not like we played a 24th-ranked USA uh, UTSA Roadrunners. I think that um, it was it was very, very um, disappointing because there's not really a lot of expectations for this North Texas team. I remember three years ago, they came in here as a 28-point favorite. Our kicker missed a field goal to win the game. That game, that game as a, them as a 28-point favorite, their best season in 10 years was closer than this game where it was the spread was a, a point and a half, and basically everybody and their mom picked UTEP to win the game. Now that, that that to me that to me just screams all coaching, and it's it's very very disappointing. And the last thing I'm going to say is I think uh, I think Dimo is the best guy for the job to get us from you know, from under six feet to the ground level. But I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he's capable of getting us to the next level. Ooh. I, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's a better coach in football to get us from that one, that one win team to 500. But I don't, I don't think he can get us past, past the a 500 team. I, I, I think he's got it. I think he's peaked as a coach, as a coaching staff. And we're going to have to look to some, you know, some power five coordinator that's never got a head coaching job, somebody innovative, um, somebody that could get us to that next level. But I, I really do think he's peaked. Okay, I get you, Rob. Uh, Sal, I'll get your takes on this. Um, Rob jumping it and saying, and he's he's like what Keith said, what what uh, Ronnie said earlier. They're just not sold on Dimmel as, but I I kind of like the way he broke it down that he uh, Dimmel got him from you know one win team to now yeah. five hundred win team, but maybe can't exceed that mark. What do you think about like, that? I'd say maybe attitude wise, you know, he, he's changed some things because we're starting to see that shift. But as far as offense goes, man, it's kind of that same old story. And what's the consistent thing? Um, under Dana Dimmel since he's been here when it comes to that offense. Oh, it's Dana Dimmel. He's yeah. the play caller. So I know guys are trying to trying to get on Warner, but um, we saw the same thing with Canales. who's doing great things here. They're just not, you know, being it. Don't, I don't know what the case is. I don't want to make it sound like, hey, they're in trouble or anything. But from what from what I've seen, Dimmel's the one calling the plays. At, at what point is a coordinator even necessary? Well, yeah, that's a good point. I think that, you know, the coordinator serves as somebody who's going to call schemes. He's going to probably uh, change your uh, personnel in and out, but I think Dimmel's go- going to be the guy at the end of the day who's calling all the plays, and that's how he that's wants how to it do is, it. Yeah. That's how he's learned how to how to do things like at this level at the college level. So you you just gonna have to ride or die with that. And um, you know, I I don't agree with all these these uh, jumping to conclusion thoughts as far as just being out on Dimmel just yet, uh, or even thinking that he could be a successful coach because I, I'm still this is just game one. I mean, this is week zero here for the miners. Yeah. It's a very very long season. I think there's a lot more in store for this team, uh, but there are a lot of red flags that we can expose tonight, and that's definitely one of the things that I um, I'm, I'm appreciative of listeners chiming in with their input on. Uh, let's go to Twitter before we get to Louie. I appreciate Louie you hanging on with us, um, and appreciate uh, appreciate everybody else who's who's is uh, w- waiting on with us as well. Our telephone number is nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We got Louie and Milkman to get to, but first let's go to Twitter. AAG sixty five tweet. Us run game was horrible. North Texas did the DAC defense drop eight in coverage, and they could go figure it out. Defense got gash in the run game. Thought that was going to be the strength. 
of this team. Joe Chacon tweets the show, our good friend, go big and the sky's the limit, but fall short and here comes the fire. I don't want to reference anything, but David Lee said that he is a meat, he had a meaner breed and that campaign was horrible. Sold out the Sun Bowl and you made a lot of non-believers. Beat OU question mark? You know I'm the optimist, but I'm watching this game. Uh, but watching this game was hard. Lots to fix. Get the money next week and come home to feast. Needs to be a feast, though, not a struggle against New Mexico State. And I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. The way that we saw tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's a struggle against New Mexico State. Yeah. The Aggies game against the Miners is never a given. That is not one of those games that you can put in pen that the Miners are going to win no matter what. The way that New Mexico State battled today, they figured some things out themselves yeah. with their quarterback and Gavin Frakes, they didn't like what they got from Diego Pavia. Why not use their other quarterback? And if things work with their, with him, who's to say they can't beat Dana Dimmel's team in El Paso and shock people uh, to get a win? So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's a, a guaranteed win for the Miners. And saying that they're going to just kill them, I, I think that's far-fetched. Just, uh, it's too early to tell. And, and you know what, Adrian? If we look at that for, for conversation's sake, right? Let's say that they do fall to the Aggies. Then they'll be on the road in Albuquerque. And then, of course, they'll be taking on Boise State. But Albuquerque's not going to be a given either. I, I right. mean, that I'm could with be you a on battle as well. So I know we talked about the possibilities of this season not being over, which is right. It's only one game. But it's possible that there could be an 0-5 start if this team doesn't turn it around. And do you trust this team Oof. to win out the rest of the, the season to finish at 7-5 and five or, you know, six of their last seven? I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking of the worst here. But, I mean, they, they got to get it together, man, because this team – Tonight does not look any better, um, you know, than the team that went to Denton to take on North Texas. I'm with you on that one, Sal. That's Last a really year, good I mean, point. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I get I get what you mean uh, from 2021. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's go to Louie, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Louie, good evening. What's going on? What's going on, Adrian and Sal? Thanks for taking my call. You know what, Louie? I should have said good morning. Good morning, Louie. You're hanging on with us past midnight. What do you think? What did you think of this one? You know, I'm going to go a different route from some of our other callers. You know, I'm not going to sit here and criticize some of our coaches who are paid six figures to call games. You know, I'm just going to say simply call a better game. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak towards, as what you called, Adrian, during the week on Sports Talk, some of the most fair-weather fans in Conference USA. Um, you know, in a sold-out crowd, allegedly 45,000, the Miners laid yet another egg. You know, they did the same thing against UTSA. And, you know, the performance they put on today was very disappointing. It was very disappointing. Um, I understand. You know, hey, Louie, I understand. And you, you pack in all those fans. You get 45,000-plus here. You do this entire off-season-long campaign to try to fill your stadium, and this is how you, how you finish up? I mean, it's a nightmare. It, it's really a nightmare of turnout in, in terms of what ended up happening with the Miners. So many people were out there at the Sun Bowl, and they waited. They hung around despite that hour-long delay. I, I thought people were going to leave. Like I, I thought people were going to turn around and start getting in their car and going home, but people hung around. They, they stayed there for over an hour just waiting in the concourse or waiting in lines, and that's the product that they got. No, Adrian, you hit it right on the dot on Twitter. You know, it's some of the most UTEP thing to happen, a rain delay. You know, how often is it, does it rain in El Paso? It just baffled me that there was a rain delay. 
you know, fans stuck around and to see this performance disappointing. You know, I, I'm what, what, what you would call, you know, a hardcore fan. I'm going to be here for every home game. But, you know, I just know there's so many fans tonight that were there for the first time in, you know, a year, five years, ten years. And for them to come out and see the Miners perform like that was just so disappointing. You know, I, I'll be glad for the Miners to get 20000 for the Battle of I-10 in a couple weeks. It's just so disappointing. I'm just so I'm heartbroken about what happened. I get you. I get you, Louie. Hey, I appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, be, be sure to call us back here as Minor Talk continues throughout this season. Uh, let's go to Milkman, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Our telephone number, we just got one uh, line available right now. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Keep the calls coming. Uh, we'll definitely put you on. Just be patient with us and hang on with us. Milkman, you're next. What's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going? Milkman, uh, we're hanging in. It's it's a quarter till one. We're ready to go. We got the tea out. Um, we got the caffeine in us. How are you doing, man? Oh, my. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm one who normally drinks the orange Kool-Aid, but uh, I got to tell you, I have not been this disappointed, pissed off, upset in quite quite a few years. And that's saying a lot as a minor fan. That's who, saying a know, lot, Milkman. That's yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we've had months to sell out this stadium, and you're telling me after after your fans sat under that awning, couldn't even get into the stadium for an hour, still went out there and watched them, and that's the kind of performance you put on? That's the kind of heart you showed your fans with that 915 on your uniform? Like, I'm absolutely, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm speechless. I, I, I cannot believe I witnessed that tonight. I've been looking forward to this game for weeks, months. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Like, I, I cannot believe that I witnessed that and that that's the kind of respect they had for their fans coming out to witness that. They're not going to get another sellout. I mean, good luck. They would be 10, 12 years by the time they get another sellout. And, you know, I'm somebody who followed them to watch the watch the bowl game last year in Albuquerque. I, like, I'm furious. I cannot believe that I saw that. I mean, no heart. I, I got no problem with a loss. A loss is fine. You know, if I see that you went out there and did your best, you know, a loss, hey, you know, you gave it all on the field. Watching this tonight was absolutely one of the most disgusting things I've seen in a long time, and that's saying a lot as a minor fan. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Man, Milkman, I, I get it. I get the frustrations. I think a lot of minor fans feel the same way. I think that this one left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And, um, you know, unfortunately for this team, they just did not he- hold their end of the bargain. El Paso held their end of the bargain. They hung around. They showed up in masses. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the fan base. They were loud when they needed to. Um, and as soon as... And, and, you know, as soon as uh, the Miners turned south in this game, the, the fans, they answered accordingly. They all left. Uh, you know, by the end of the game, there was no one there, and oh, uh, rightfully and so. It was, and it was deserved. I mean, it was it was well-deserved for people to walk out. And my, my dad and I, we've been going, you know, to these games, God, dating back, you know, 30-some years. And we never leave a game early. And tonight was the first night, the first time in all those many decades, and this is sitting through blowouts and just awful weather. Tonight was the first night that we turned to each other and we're like, we should probably leave because they don't want to be here. Like, why are we sitting here watching? I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I, 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 I have no words for it. 
you know. No, you're you're exactly right, Milkman. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. We're we're gonna catch you uh, throughout the season for sure. So uh, we'll definitely be hearing from you, Milkman, throughout this season. Uh, let's go over to Kev, who's joining us next. But before we do that, uh, Sal, I do want to mention this one. Uh, well, yeah. first off, our telephone number five zero five six zero zero nine. That's nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to call into Minor Talk. We've got one line available right now if you want to chime in. Uh, UTEP did a great job of advertising this one they did a great job marketing this one Uh, I really I thought that the entire athletic department did a stand-up job and I think the complaint from the masses is always why doesn't UTEP market better or advertise better or get people excited about games they did a phenomenal job about this one and it literally rained on their parade they couldn't do any (laughs) of their pre-game activities like they were planning on doing they uh, you know they had all because of the weather it was no no problem to them it was just the weather that really stumped them and then at the end of all of it, the minor team just didn't show up. Like it, it just it was a tough loss for them. And yeah, they they showed up in the first half. They had those nice couple drives early on. You thought things were clicking for them. They were controlling this game. They they should have been up big time at the first half. And UTEP just, you know, this this you know what I, I need to say, Sal? Let's just call it what it is. This this program is cursed. This <laughs> this athletic department at times, I feel like what what needs to happen because this is just yeah. so, sometimes it, it's kind of funny to see how things happen like this where it's cursed it's it's funny but it's sad it, it yeah. makes me have a lot of pity on this athletic department because it's it's not the people who you know war, it, it's just the on field product or the on court product it just seems cursed at times what what it's going to take Adrian is winning and consistent winning and that's going to mean beating good teams and I bring this up and because you said something right now uh, you took the words right out of my mouth where think of over the years how there's been uh, low attendance at these games, right? And and what are the, uh, aside from winning, what are some of the things that we hear? Oh, well, they need to market better. Well, they've been doing pretty good at marketing these last couple of years. Exactly. Oh, uh, they they need to uh, go out there on social media more and be out there in the community more. They're doing that. And, you know, you finally get a crowd because of what? Because of marketing. But now those fans are not going to go back. Why is that? Because you didn't win the game. And year in, year out, we see them with an opportunity to cash in on a big win. And, you know, there's some momentum building. But then they drop that game, and then it's back down to uh, to where you all started. So it, it's not about marketing. It's not about any of this other stuff. Just win the damn game. You do that, they're going to go. That's exactly right. It's just, It sounds simple, Sal, but it's so it, true. That's true, yeah. But it's it, so true. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. This town will support a winner. This town loves a winner. They'll they'll uh, jump on the hype train for a winner like UTEP, and uh, unfortunately they couldn't hold their end of the bargain in tonight's game. Uh, let's go to uh, Kev, who's joining us now. We got a new caller on one, Sal, just so you know. Uh, let's go to Kev, who's joining us. Kev, I appreciate you hanging on with us. What's going on tonight? Hey, Adrian. Hey, Sal. How you guys What's doing? What's going man? on, Kev? Be- How you doing, man? <laughs> it, feels, it feels good to be back on Minor Talk, man. For some reason, I felt like this offseason just took forever. Gosh. You know what? Gosh. I felt the same way. I have never looked forward to a college football season more than this one right here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up about this college football season. And now we're back. So I appreciate you calling in, man. What would you think of this game? Uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of negativity tonight from, you know, callers. I mean, rightfully so, you know, everyone has, you know, the right to be mad, you know, but I think also we got to relax. Like you said, Adrian, this game one, man, like these guys don't have preseason like the NFL. So this is like, you know, their first shot at, you know, hitting somebody else, you know, and 
I think, man, El Paso got to relax a little bit, you know. Yeah, the play calling the night was bad, like very, very bad in my opinion, you know. Like questionable play calling on fourth down. I Man, North Texas just completely shut down our running game, and I was just like very disappointed in that, you know. But honestly, I think El Paso just got to relax, you know. It's game one. It's nothing to get over our heads, you know. I think UTEP still has a lot, a, a lot more games to, you know, improve themselves. I mean, the schedule's not going to get any easier by any means as far as, like, you know, like the next two games. But I think, you know, tonight, yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks. You know, they, they sold out the Sun Bowl and the team didn't show up. So attendance will probably burn, you know. But um, honestly, I, I was disappointed, but I'm still I'm trying to look at the positive side of this. You know, I want to. I want to come back next week and just bounce back against Oklahoma. You know, I, I don't I don't know how well that's going to be, but you know, I, I mean, if we beat New Mexico State as well, that'd be awesome. But I think El Paso maybe just needs to take a little bit of a chill pill. You know, it's still young in the season. Yeah, I still got faith in these Mariners, man. I still do. It's game one. I get it. I get the frustrations. There's red flags that we can expose tonight, but it's not indicative of how this season will go as a whole. I completely agree with you there, Kevin. I think a lot of fans are upset at a couple things. They're really disappointed and feel let down with the defense. They feel let down by uh, quarterback Gavin Hardison, which I, I don't really agree. I'm, I'm still with the more on, on the side of it's we, we still have to wait and see with Gavin Hardison. He didn't have much protection up front uh, with his receivers. He had a ton of drop balls. And then with his run game, it was un- non-existent. So I felt like Gavin Hardison felt like he needed to force a lot of things in the second half and rally his team back as a leader. And he didn't necessarily need to do that. I think he just needed to make kind of those simple plays. So I think they will adjust after watching the film from this game. They'll learn a lot about their team and they'll, they'll get better but uh this was not one of those games to press the panic button i'm pressing the panic button if uh things go south against teams like new mexico state of course new mexico those are the games i'll press panic buttons for not tonight appreciate it kev thanks so much for tuning in and appreciate you uh being a loyal minor talk listener as always uh we'll get to a couple other callers in just a little bit paul and mike who are going to be joining us but first let's get back to twitter uh this coming in from the guru at the Guru 606. Quarterback one was solid this game and was not. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see what he's saying. Hold on, hold on. QB1 was solid this game, was not on QB1, meaning Gavin Hardison. This isn't on Gavin Hardison. Wide receiver group has to be better and more consistent. Way too many drops. The D-line got pushed around, gave up too many rushing yards, missing Breon Hayward. Shake and Bake got cooked. Both defensive ends were very quiet. Defensive unit got punked, looking at 0-2. Antflow22 tweets the show, Dimmel. We as fans have drank the Kool-Aid for too long now. Look at Dimmel's record. He has not beaten anyone that has been remotely good. Christopher Cadillo tweets the show. Miners were still in spring ball mode. Offense is not clicking at all, and the defense committed key penalties on third down to continue North Texas drives. Hashtag Miner Talk. I'll, I'll throw the flip side, Christopher. I get that one call that you're talking about, uh, which extended North Texas's drive. It ended into a touchdown. But at the same point, I thought UTEP got some home cooking on their side. They were getting some favorable calls mm-hmm. come their way. I don't know what you think about that, Sal, as far as the officiating. I just chalk it up. It's first week officiating right there. Uh, I, I, not only that, but it's also uh, first week of football for both teams as well. So I expect some sloppiness. But you're, you're absolutely right. The Miners had a stretch where um, I, I can't remember the, the name of the defensive coordinator. Is it Bennett? 
the the defensive coordinator for North Texas. He was wearing like a maybe, lime, may, maybe, maybe, like, like I'm not a sure. like a lime green uh, shirt. He was livid. He was livid, and he even had to flag down the ref. I, I think they called a timeout for that uh, that targeting penalty. But right before that, there was a big old stretch of of calls or no calls going in the favor of the miners. Whether whether it was the ref's fault or not, that's just the way that it was. And um, that was kind of the turning point when that when that targeting was. Um, was eventually called after the replay, and rightfully so. It was a right call. Uh, Sleepy Kev tweets to show they abandoned the run game way too quickly. Play calling was god-awful tonight. We have to do better next week. That's coming in from Kevin. Uh, JoJo tweets to show at Joseph Ortiz. One dimension on offense. The defense held on as long as they could. UTEP Minor 1997 tweeted the show, Shabby run defense. Yeah, I get you. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Chacon tweets the show, Go big and the sky's the limit. Oh, no, I, I already read this one uh, from mm-hmm. earlier. Brian Clevenger tweeted the show, Quarterback running for his life, calling shotgun on the goal line. Run game and schemes are too predictable. Defense not putting on pressure and too conservative. They are one gadget and trick play, etc. Um, and that's coming in from Brian Clevenger as far as the issues that the Miners had tonight. Let's go over to another phone call. It's Paul who's joining us next. We've got a call line open right now. If you've been trying to get in, now is the time to do it. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Paul, good morning. What's going on? It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning over here. Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, so, first game back in a while. I came for the UTSA game. I don't live in El Paso anymore. I moved out to Las Vegas. So, you know, I got all the boys together. First game of the season, big hype, you know, coming off a bowl appearance. Oh, man, I'm I sorry, thought, Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, hey, guys, big game right here. They know I'm the, I'm a big UTEP supporter. And I was like, look, guys, UNC pulled one on this last year. I was at that game in Denton. Uh, you know, that Hail Mary. They I'm got, sorry about that, know, too. Yeah, I remember you know that. Be. And I was like, guys, look, revenge game right here. Let's get them back. And then so we got all together. We all went there, survived the rain, um, went out to the game. And, I mean, I think they just threw the ball too much. I think that's not their strength. Uh, they abandoned the run game a little bit too early. Uh, we didn't get anything turning there. Uh, Atwood and, um, and Hankins didn't get enough handoffs. Artisan reminded me of Carson Wentz when he was with the Eagles today. Uh trying to play some hero ball, scrambling around for his life, throwing some not too good. I think he attempted, what, 48 passes around there. Uh, and it's tough. Um, I thought this game was a big – I mean, it was a statement game, to be honest. Sellout crowd for the first time in, what, 15 years or whatever it was. You know, this is a game that El Paso said, hey, we're going to be there to support you. You come out and win there, we'll be there for you. And, you know, they let us – I mean, they let down the city. I mean – uh, and I know athletics, I know you talked about it. They've been advertised, man. Uh, I know some people in the athletic department and, you know, some people at UTEP, and they've been promoting this thing for a while, man. Exactly. Um, they've been, they've been, you know, I follow on everything. Um, I attended every game I could as a student for four years as an undergrad. So, man, it hurts uh, coming back and then for the weekend to see UTEP <laughs> uh, not win. Uh, but I did win my bet for the under, but other than that, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to cover the 52 and a half spread or whatever it was. Uh, but on that, it was, I mean, it, it was a good experience. I think the crowd was into it until a little after halftime, but 
I think they just abandoned that play. They abandoned the run game too early. The defense played, as, I think, as well as they could. They're, uh, UNC saw they, what UTSA did to us in that uh, November game last year. They beat us on the same fucking, sorry, for the same, you know, offensive scheme that they did to us. Yeah, no, I, I'm you with know, you. Dimmel, Dimmel didn't adjust or anything. And it, and, and it just comes down to it. Dimmel's a great guy. That's the man. He's a great dude. But I don't know if he can win the statement game. And it, it's still unsure today. I mean, tonight you found that out. A lot of people found that out. I mean, I'll be rooting for him for this year. I mean, next game is not going to be any easier. you got to go to Norman. So Oklahoma is slouch. I mean, they're top ten program. So, uh, you know, go out there, play as hard as they can against Norman. Don't come back with a bunch of injuries. Come back and play in MSU again. So thanks for having me on, man. Hey, appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it, Paul. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, calling in on the show. I get it completely. Sorry the boys' trip did not go better than ex- than you guys expected initially. <laughs> um, I do want to mention our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We've got uh, two lines now available if anybody wants to chime in. Uh, Sal, I'm going to give you Gavin Hardison's full statistical breakdown yeah. right here, okay? I think you're going to really find this interesting. Um, Hardison was 21 for 48 tonight, 44% completion rate. He threw for nearly 300 yards in this one. 293 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He did have a fumble in this one. Uh, but let me give you these stats right here, okay? When Gavin Hardison is uh, is passing a screen pass, which is at or behind the line of scrimmage, tonight he was two for four for two yards, okay? So for his short pass attempts, which are one yards to five yards, okay, he was Five of seven, seventy-one percent, twenty-six passing yards there. So he was efficient hitting the short targets, but he, they never really got those short targets going. Like nothing really, uh, you know, materialized out yeah. of those plays. Now the mid-range passing—that's anywhere from five yards to fourteen yards. He was ten of twenty-seven. Oh, that was that was abysmal. Thirty-seven percent when it comes to his mid-range passing, which again is five yards to fourteen yards. He was 37% completion percentage right there for 104 passing yards. Now, the 104 passing yards may have came from guys like Ray Flores or guys like Tyron Smith breaking out and, and taking those um, you know catches and, and actually turning them into longer plays. Now, when it comes to the deep passes, this is 15 yards or more. He was 5 of 12, 42% completion, 165 passing yards there. When it came to the left, 81 yards. When it came to the right with deep passes, 63 yards. The middle, here's the key, Sal. The middle, Gavin Hardison does not throw in the middle. 21 yards, 1 of 2. He he simply doesn't throw down the middle. When you look at the uh, mid-range passing, he doesn't throw in the middle either. He was 3 of 9 tonight. When you look at the short passing, he, he attempted zero through the middle so when you start to break down the analytical kind of uh, progression with uh, Gavin Hardison where he where he is throwing on the field whether it's right left or in the middle 
Gavin Hardison likes his his uh, sidelines. He likes to go to the right or left, and it, he doesn't typically throw down the middle, which is just kind of interesting to note when it comes to his uh, his his style of play. Now, in this one, I, I really think that you can't chalk up too much of the end of the game. I think I think he was forcing a lot of things, and he was just trying to get stuff going in desperation mode. Um, so I, I'm not going to take I'm not going to hold too much mm-hmm. weight there. But what do you think about those stats right there, Sal? Kind of showing that in this game specifically, Hardison just avoided the middle at all costs. Uh, well, well, I mean, we I'd have to look back at the uh, the game. I'm not too sure how plugged up the middle was. Uh, but it is a big trend all game, especially when – and the reason I say this is because if it wasn't working, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't continue trying it because we just saw it. I mean, you're 21 for 48. That means you were continuously trying to do something that, that wasn't working tonight. That's not to say it won't work out in the future, but tonight it just wasn't it. Under 500%. Under 500%. And I don't think there's a year where he's been over 66%. No, you're exactly right. It, that's you know, right. So that that's going to be a big, big issue, especially when they get into the deeper part of Conference USA where a lot of these games are going to be in the air. And also, too, Adrian, something I'm, I'm looking at is, uh, and I'm kind of straying away from Gavin Hardison, but in general with this Miners offense, we haven't really seen anybody just yet, only one game into the season, but we haven't seen anybody try to put this team on their back. True. Try, try to be that, that dog on offense. Last year it was Jacob Cowing. Right. And he's not here anymore, so who's going to be the one to take – leadership of this minor offense man they really miss counting tonight Big time. they really did uh jonathan byers cole freytag diagnosed what utep did on offense tonight and i told you so what would happen when teams shut down the deep ball well we found out tonight eric fournier tweets the show fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me utep football in a nutshell Oh, man. Uh, Herman Flores, not surprised Dimmel laid a massive egg in front of a sold-out home crowd. He's 1-6 in, in his last seven games. He had a cupcake schedule last year. The last time I – this is the last time I did not uh, drink the Kool-Aid. Um, this is coming from Mr. and Mrs. Potter, good friends of the show. Really embarrassing showing, particularly upset with Dimmel. The team looked unprepared and did not look ready for the moment. Everything was on the line. A lot of self-inflected issues. Tristan Pence tweets us, Hey, Tristan, what's up, man? Good to, good to hear you back with us here for another season of Minor Talk. UTEP simply left too many points on the field in the first half. It is alarming how inefficient the Miners are in the red zone, which was a problem last year. The coaching staff does not have the Miners ready for this game. The second half was embarrassing. Uh, Tristan continues it by saying, I'm not giving up on this team. However, there are issues that carried over from last year. UTEP has to improve on its run game and become more efficient in offense. The ultimate... um, the untimely penalties need to come to an end, too. It's great to have Minor Talk back. Hashtag picks up. So appreciate that, Tristan. Always appreciate your tweets and uh, definitely want to want to continue to have you here. Join us on Minor Talk. Let's take a timeout right now, actually, and then we'll hit our legal as well. As you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, we'll be back with a couple callers right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 
Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. The Oscar Adieta Agency wishes the UTEP football team a successful season. Here's a special message from Oscar Arieta. On behalf of our agency, we want to wish the Miners a great season. Stop by our booth on game day at the Sun Bowl to register for some amazing prices. Go online to riseup915.com to enter for some giveaways. Let's rise up, El Paso, and go Miners! The Oscar Arieta Agency, the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. You might know the Oscar Arieta Agency for being the official insurance agency of the UTEP Miners. But what you might not know is that the Oscar Arieta Agency is celebrating 25 years of serving our community. Here's Oscar Arieta. Thank you, El Paso, for trusting our agency for the last 25 years. I am proud of my amazing team for bringing excellent customer service and dedication to keeping you in good hands. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Learn more at OscarArietaAgency.com. The Oscar Audio Agency celebrating 25 years of keeping El Paso in good hands. From home, auto, and life insurance, the wonderful people at the Oscar Audio Agency can make purchasing insurance easy and affordable. The Oscar Audio Agency prides itself in customer service. Let one of their local agents build a customized proposal for you. Visit any of their seven locations to get started on a quote. Or go online, OscarAudioAgency.com. The official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Go Miners! 600 ESPN El Paso.com. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Trust the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, or life insurance needs as we continue here in the wee hours of the morning. Minor talk. It continues. Mike Cuviello, friend of the program, former intern, former coworker, and uh, still a good friend of ours out in Amarillo who's joining us now on the phone lines. Mike, what's up, man? Great to hear from you after a while. Oh, yeah. I, I went running before the game, watched the game, and I've been editing photos for a story I'm doing. So I'm like, let me call in. Although you stole almost all of my thunder when you was talking about where he was throwing the passes to, but I forgive you. Well, wait, you were, you were on this too? I was just reading stats, so tell me what you saw. Well, we, we've, we've had the same problem for a great amount of time. We don't use the middle of the field. We don't use our tight ends. We didn't complete a pass to our tight end once again, and we don't use our backs at all. So all we, it's all or nothing. It's like either dump off you know, to one of the wide receivers, which almost never works, or we're going deep down the field. We're running almost like a schoolyard offense. I mean, why are we in the shotgun every play when the running game is supposed to be the strength of our team? I just, I just don't understand it. you got four guys returning. Use your running backs. Even on the first drive, which was successful, they still, because they had a little bit of success in the passing game, they continued to basically ignore their running backs. You have to establish a running game. you got two backs that are supposed to be contenders for all conference this year. And we basically relegated them to basically watching the game. And I just, I just don't understand it. That's why I wish we had given Ike a chance to beat offensive coordinator rather than being Dave Warner in because I felt like what he did with Angelo State, one of the top offenses at that level of football, and giving somebody else the reins, I just I don't understand Demo's offense at all. And I feel like you're taking way too many chances 
with a team that hasn't established itself yet. You have to gain confidence. We don't get do things to gain confidence with our offensive players. I just didn't like the risks they took tonight. I really didn't. I, I thought that uh, by going forward on fourth down, or I mean, like, you know, doing what they did on that first drive and, and attempting that long field goal, that was tough. And then going for it on fourth down in a goal situation when you just needed points on the second drive. Uh, and then, you know, you look deeper into that uh, that first half, that drop by Tyron Smith. Well, on that specific drive right there, there were a lot of questionable calls on just play calling. And I, I think that's. That's where you you had your inefficiencies for UTEP football, and I, I get it. I, I think you hit it right on the head, right right there, Mike. Because this team is a run first base team. That's their philosophy. And when you can't establish the run, if you're the Miners, well, then you're you're having to resort to the passing game, which is unproven. It's a bunch of inexperienced guys at the wide receiver positions, uh, aside from Tyron Smith and Ray Flores, who both played you know good games, uh, with the exception of a couple drop passes. Um, I, I just look at this. Why, uh, you know the offense and it lacks complete identity and, and it's going to be up to this offense and this team to rally up and, and try to find an identity. I don't know what the identity will be uh, throughout the year but when you're so reliant on one guy like they were last year in Jacob Cowling you see how big of a drop off it is when you don't have somebody like him. And I just want to know what anybody was smoking that felt and I was hearing these comments that our wide receiver core was going to be better than last year. We lose one of our all-time greats. Nobody on this team would be better than third on last year's wide receiver group. But, I, I mean, I even heard that, you know, like in some interviews. Yeah. I, 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 that made no logical sense. There's zero way, especially if you look at our recruiting, we didn't bring in no big-time receiver that was anywhere close to what Cowing was. And then you're not going to just grab a guy like that. I mean, if you're Alabama, yeah, you can replace Julio Jones with Jerry Judy and so on and so on. But but UTEP, we don't recruit that well. We're, we're usually worse than conference. And for people to think that our wide receiver group was going to be better than last year, or even players on the team saying that, I think they should have been a – they should have held back some of those comments because we're not even close, you know, wide receiver-wise. And I want to say one other thing. Um, how do we only get two hurries? The other team hurried out yeah. for the back. That's Eight a times. huge stat, man. That's a huge stat. I'm, yeah. I, I I highlighted that one earlier. I'm with you. That That's a bad one right there. UTEP has to get more pressure on the quarterback. And I'll let you go because I know you got a lot of people still waiting. But the one thing I believe a lot of fans, and I believe this team underestimated North Texas, one of the best coach teams in the league. I don't understand how people felt like this was going to be an easy game. I don't either. I don't get it either. Uh, Mike, I appreciate the phone call, man. It's great to hear from you. We're going to hear from you all minor talk, I'm sure, So uh, I, all season long. So I appreciate your phone call after this one. Uh, I get it. UTEP fans are frustrated after this loss. And, uh, yeah, I thought you brought up some really good points there, Mike. Good job. Uh, Matthew Castro tweets the show, reasons why the AAC and Mountain West won't look at us. Worst thing we could have done is laid an egg, but we did. Drove all the way from Fort Worth, reconsidering my trip to Norman, Oklahoma next week. Oh, boy. It, that's going to be a tough one, especially when um, people expected the Miners to be 1-0 going into Norman. Exactly. But in, 
In all honesty, though, Adrian, I mean, it, it's still early on in the season. I know that it sucks that you, and I sound like a complete hypocrite, but I know it sucks that you lost to North Texas in your opener when you expected to win. Uh, but going forward, man, we're going to see how real this team is. Can you brush off the last play? Can you brush off the last game? It's all about improvement, and it, it's hard not to improve. It's not that hard to improve from a loss, if we're being real. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that because now all the uh, it's like they ripped the bandaid off. All the scars are out there. They they yeah. can expose all the wounds, and it's up to them to fix it. Yeah, they got week eight out the way on week one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Garrett at Yancey thirteen eighty nine tweets us: Offense goes into a shell in the red zone. Game was there for the taking, but with a potential to be up seventeen mm-hmm. to nothing, but failure to execute when it mattered killed them. Hardison started very well, but a majority of the game looked very similar to last year, as did the stat line. And you know what? I think that's been the uh, the trend since uh, you know for the last couple of years as well. They haven't been a threat in the red zone when it comes to touchdowns yeah they might be one of the the better scoring teams in the red zone but a large percentage of that is coming from field goals and right and when it comes time to win games you got to score touchdowns especially when it matters the most you got to cash in on on opportunities I mean when, when we look at the dropped pass by uh, by Smith in the first half that was huge the missed field goal by Beckley that was huge a lot of dropped passes as well and just uh, missed timings on runs Good teams don't make those mistakes often, if they make them at all. And the Miners made a lot of those mistakes. you got to brush up on the little things. Drew808 tweets us, at Lex Hernandez, that was the quietest sellout crowd I've ever heard at the Sun Bowl. Sad to say that a lot of people were there to see their kid perform and not into the game. My section had a lot of people, but none of them were cheering. I heard 20,000 louder uh, because they were all there for the team. It's an interesting thing. It, it is, but I'll throw this out there. What did they have to cheer for? There you go. You there know? you go. There was it, not a it, lot. In some of those other games, the, the Miners are more competitive. They're making these big plays. Hell, they're winning, you know, in the fourth quarter. Or they're, they're coming back and, you know, basically the – the momentum was killed even before they hit that field goal uh, to get within one to close the first half, right? I, I mean, I'd say pretty much for about two and a half, maybe three quarters, um, you know, it was all mean green in this one. Yeah, I also think that um, it's not it's unfair to where it was at its peak. Like, at its peak, this one was insane. The fans were crazy. So I think it's unfair to where this game really was when it was uh, rolling at, at some degrees. Uh, Duke Keith giving us a shout-out to the real hero. He's Shout out to the real heroes, Adrian and Sal. Hard lessons for the Miners tonight. Stings because of all that went into it, but it's really just one game. Pick up that check next weekend and see how things stand against New Mexico State. Hashtag Miner Talk. Taylor made basketball tweets the show. Let's be real. Dimmel calls plays because he won't trust anyone but himself. But that, but has that worked ever? And how dared Hardison pick this game to honor a fallen teammate than give that personal performance? The defense was tired the minute the game started in week one. How does that happen? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go there when it comes to the Luke Loffenberg thing right there, Taylor made, because that's more about leadership and more about being mm-hmm. just a veteran on this team. So I don't really like that, that comment right there. But I do agree with you with the defense was tired the minute that started in week one. They, they definitely looked gassed late in the stretch. So... I'm with you on that one, Taylor Made. Yeah, the the, the Luke Laufenberg tribute's going to happen, whether it's a good game or not. You know, the, exactly. The, the, the result, on, the result of the game is not tied to 
what wearing that jersey means. So yeah, I don't really That's like right. that one either. Yeah, and and he was he wore that proudly. Babe Laufenberg in the in the stands as well. So uh, yeah, I love I love yeah, the fact. Shout he, out to Babe too. He was here. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Demayer. The mayor of Las Cruces, that's right, <laughs> Eddie man. Morelos, our guy who's joining us next. Uh, I sat uh, just a couple feet from him, and we were chatting throughout the game. Eddie, now that you're home, now that you let this one digest, what would you think about oh it? Oh, my, so many thoughts, Steve, so many thoughts. And another one just came up as you were talking right here a few seconds ago about how the miners kind of died out at the end. And I just thought about it as I was, okay, let me tell you about my day, Adrian. Real quick, I was driving. I was listening to you with your pregame uh, talk, uh, with your pregame show. Like you were talking about how you were sweating so much; it was humid, right? Right, right. I was. So then I get, <laughs> I get to the parking garage. I get to the parking garage, and it was humid in El Paso because it just rained so humid. And then I start walking up the hill. Everybody who's walked the hill from the parking garage knows it's a it's a walk. And I started sweating. So you're sweating so, bullets like walking. me. <laughs> yes, bro. Okay, so I get inside, sit down. Sure enough, like you explained it, sweating. And now that I think about it, you were talking how the miners lost so much energy. Okay, North Texas is where? Denton, Texas, right? If you've been to Denton, Texas, there's a lot more humidity, right? It just makes me wonder, playing devil's advocate, do they, did they have a little edge there? Practicing in so much humidity, where where we are here in the desert and the dry heat, just to, just throwing that out. You, you know, know what? what I mean? I, I'm not going to discredit it. Uh, go ahead, Sal. You, you know what? I I I would love to agree, but I'll say this: it's been pretty damn humid in El Paso these last couple of weeks. And then on top well, of that, that long. come on, Sal. Yeah, come <laughs> on. It's it, it it's by El Paso standards, it's been the Amazon forest. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but no, another thing too, man, is like a lot of these these other teams, they would be tiring out, you know, by like the second quarter or so because of the elevation. So I I like it, man. We should come up with our with, with our reasons outside of football for why a football I was, team like lost. Like I said, just playing devil's advocate, there, devil's advocate. I got you, oh, man. Sal always uh, also threw out a stat. I, I read on Twitter. I didn't realize this that during the demo era, zero and five versus North Texas. Didn't realize that. And, uh, like, everybody's been talking about, and like you said, Adrian, I was right there watching the game with you. So, um, the run game on both sides uh, of the ball uh, for the Miners, I, I saw at the end of it that uh, Hankins only, and uh, I think, what's the uh, app? Awat, yeah, Awat. Awat uh, only ran the ball a total of 18 times together. You know what I mean? And, uh and it's just like everybody, every, I listen to all the shows. I listen to your show. I listen to, you know, other shows as well with Colin and everybody else. And everybody's been excited for the, the run game, you know? And, well, you know, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't uh, what, what it was we were hoping for tonight. And then on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side, I just remember, dude, um, number 39, number 39, number 39, uh, you know, then the, and they controlled the ball in the fourth quarter, and it's like you said, they they kind of ran out of gas there. I guess I didn't realize it until you were talking about it, but the the uh, North Texas just kept running that ball and kind of controlled it there. And uh, it's like you said, I, I, great show, great show because the the minor fans are showing their passion for their team. It's really cool that it's like people don't even realize 
how passionate the minor fans really are because, you know, they're kind of taking a loss tonight and everybody's just showing their passion, really upset and disappointed. And, you know, there was one caller who was really passionate and, and it got me excited. And, you know, then you guys come back and remind everybody, hey, this is the first game of the year, week zero of college football. College football has started and uh, we got a lot more weeks to go. And uh, I'm really excited to just watch all the different college football, you know, from, from the minors to the Aggies. The Aggies uh, foul tonight against Nevada. And then all the way across Pac-12, ACC, all that good stuff. You know me. There you go. There you go, man. Hey, Eddie, I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for always tuning in and uh, calling in as well. So, uh, hey, we'll, we'll catch you soon, man. Uh, this Oklahoma Thanks, game might not necessarily be that game where a lot of people call in, uh, but uh, we'll catch you for NMSU UTEP. That'll be a lot of fun. Thanks, Adrian. Have a, have a good show. All right. Have a great weekend, Eddie. It's great to talk to you. Uh, the mayor, Las Cruces, Eddie, Eddie Morelos. Not really the mayor. Everybody always asks me, hey, you get the mayor to call in on the show? Uh, no, that's our guy, Eddie Morelos, who we just call the mayor. Uh, Jonathan Byers tweets the show, two sellouts, two blowout losses. So the, is the Dana Dimmel era, or excuse me, so is Dana Dimmel still the guy to help us get to the mountaintop or what? I say no. But you know, uh, but you knew that even uh, already. Can't even beat North Texas. Look at my current Twitter line to look at my thoughts and observations on the game. So that's coming from Jonathan Byers. Uh, this one is uh, this is coming from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Ivan, how can Ronnie say that a pass play on fourth and six resulted in the touchdown be a horrible play call? He went for a pass for more than six yards and again a touchdown. Um, I think he meant that it was a it was a bad play decision. It worked out. It kind of was real lucky for the miners in that sense. Uh, but I, I see both sides there, Ivan, and and of course what Ronnie ended up saying. Cesar Cubillos tweets the show: the missed field goal, the br- the blown sure touchdown, and not scoring a touchdown on that turnover in the red zone all hurt badly. But it seemed like the big swing was the targeting penalty. Here's to hoping it gets fixed against NMSU the next home game. Um, this coming in from Mr. E. Oh, man, Mr. E, we missed you. Terrible letdown from UTEP football. Don't wear that 915 helmet until you're ready to have your heart like El Chuco Town. Build it up for nothing. Clear your heads and get ready for the next one. Hashtag Miner Strong at 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, Ivan tweets the show, Calma. Telling everybody to chill out. Steve tweets the show. Did not look like a sold-out crowd to me. Still pretty packed, though. Wonder if a lot of people decided to leave during the rain delay. I think so, Steve. I think people decided to leave during the rain delay, and I think people, it just deterred them from actually going. So uh, I agree with you there. I I see what you're saying. Um, Also, Julian Segura tweeting the show. Oh, I love Julian whenever he tweets a show uh, on our on Minor Talk. Great to have Minor Talk back. Miner's disappointed tonight, but the campaign and buildup was great. The U- the fans were loud while UTEP was in the game. Our offense was one-dimensional, and Hardison didn't have a lot of help tonight. Flores has potential to be a great playmaker. Hashtag Minor Talk. Uh, that's coming in from Julian Segura. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to hand out some awards. We're going to re- kind of wind things down here on Minor Talk, a late-night 
Minor Talk, pouring into the wee hours of the morning. But we still have lines available. If you would like to call in, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We're going to bring you our play of the game, brought to you by a new sponsor here on Minor Talk, and also our drive of the game later on in the show, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the Agency. Of course, you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar ID at the Agency. We're going to take a time out right now, and we'll be back right after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. Chihuahua's baseball is back. 1-2 to Colway. Swinging a line drive to center. Peters jumps, and it's over his head. Three runs have scored. Here comes Colway. Throw to the plate. Save! Follow your El Paso Chihuahuas all season long on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every game, every play. Tim Haggerty brings you the excitement of our Chihuahuas, the AAA affiliate of the San Diego Padres. Read more, 600ESPNElPaso.com. When it comes to buying insurance, don't bumble your chances. Trust the championship team at the Oscar Arieta Agency. Their local stars will help you be better protected in the long run. You know what they say, defense wins championships. Let the Oscar Arieta Agency help defend and protect what matters most to you. Seven locations from the west side to Fabens, the Oscar ID at the agency, celebrating 25 years of serving the community. Call today at 915-400-6000. The official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Go Miners! Football is back in full swing, and Specs is here to get you geared up for game day. Shop lower prices on all your favorites and expand your lineup with a huge selection of world-class wines, spirits, beers, and gourmet foods. Specs has been fueling Texas tailgates since 1962 as the one-stop shop for gridiron greatness. When it comes to fantastic football feasts, it's Downset Specs. The fun starts here. Hey, it's Max Kellerman, and you're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso. Send in a story because you don't want your name attached to it. You're... All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar IDFA Agency. A little breather for us right there as we wind things down. But we're still here to take your phone calls. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get in. 915-505-6009 to get into Minor Talk. Let's go to Leon, who's joining us on the phone lines. Leon, you're hanging out with us, and it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. What's going on? Yeah, man. Uh, rough r- rough night. I think everybody has beat that uh, like, a, like a dead horse tonight. But, sure. Um, hey, I want to say how fantastic you guys are doing, and... And just holding on uh, this long, I think all of us were a little bit disappointed. You know, with as much uh, negativity as we had tonight and maybe what we talked about, I want to put it in perspective. Um, I want to give Jim Center, Center, I want to give the UTIP Athletic Department, I want to give all those involved that worked hard to make this happen tonight. Places were clean. It was organized. Granted, we had a rain delay. But I want to give some hats off to UTIP. Um, I think in the past we've seen how, you know, even last year during San Antonio, how the trash was left, how people didn't have a lot of pride. And you know what? Barring any conflict that happened tonight with the game, uh, this is one game. They're going to get better. But let's give a round of applause to UTEP for bringing up the Rise 915. Season's not over, guys. Uh, we got a lot to learn. I think secondary has a lot to learn. But um, way to go, El Paso, and way to go, UTEP. I think we have a lot to be proud of. Hopefully, we'll show up here in the next couple of weeks. But let's keep our heads up and realize that we came together as a community tonight 
and UTEP did a lot from a marketing perspective. They haven't done in a while. Gentlemen, you did a great job tonight. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Have a good evening. Hey, have a great evening, uh, Leon. Really appreciate the kind words and uh, glad to have you back here on Minor Talk with us for another season. So really appreciate that on your side and appreciate the kind words. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. This is coming from Mike Cuviello. None of our running backs had a run over seven yards for the whole night. That can't happen if you want to establish the run game when it's needed. Uh, completely agree with you there, Mike. That's a great point right there. Uh, let's go over some of our uh, stats, and then we'll get to some of our awards here on the show. I'm just going to read off some that really stood out to me, and then we'll kind of wind things down, turn the page, look over to next week, uh, and preview UTEP versus Oklahoma. If you want to get in right now and duck in a late call, feel free to do so. 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Gavin Hardison tonight, 21 of 48, 293 through the air, a touchdown, along of 49, one sack, one fumble on his end. Uh, Ray Flores, how about this? This led a standout, eight catches, 122 receiving yards, career high, 10 targets. Uh, Tyron Smith, 127 receiving yards, seven catches, one touchdown, should have been two. Should have been two. yep. Kelly Arkari, three catches, 29 yards. Wanted him to be a little bit more active in the receiving game. Uh, and then only James Tupo uh, was the only other one who caught a pass. Leading them in tackles was Tyrese Knight, 11 total tackles and two tackles for loss. Man, they missed Breon Hayward. They missed him so much. Uh, that, that's a tough loss right there. In terms of total yards, um, the Mean Green had 399 total yards. UTEP had 400. I mean, it was such an even split game when you really look at it. Uh, North Texas had 65 yards worth of penalties. They controlled time of possession with 31 minutes and 27 seconds compared to the Miners, 28 minutes and 37 seconds. Third down conversions, uh, North Texas converted 6 of 12, but they converted 6 of 8 when, yeah. when they really mattered, and they were 5 for 5 in red zone chances. The Miners were 2 for 3 in red zone chances, and they were 7 for 18 when it came to third, third down conversions. Yeah, North Texas just able to uh, come through when it mattered the most, and that was the big difference. And uh, if I could let you all know my favorite stat real quick, this might be a little bit different. But uh, before I say it, what do you think my favorite stat is so far on this game? Okay, let me let me think about this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, are you going rush rushing yards? I'm just guess. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> okay, I- I'm guessing rushing yards. All right, no. Uh, my favorite stat here is uh, Sloan. One punt for 45 yards, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. It's a good boot, but he only punted once. So that tells me that this offense was moving. The offense just didn't cash in. But if you have your punter going out there once, that's a that's a pretty good sign. You're real, You're right on that, Sal. I didn't even notice that. But Sloan only punted once, and I can't even remember the time he punted. I think that was yeah. in the second half, or actually late in the first half. That's when he punted. Uh, and then the rest of the times, Miners just turned it over on downs. They could not execute and finish drives, and uh, that really hurt them down the stretch. Let's get over to and and welcome on one of our newest sponsors here on Minor Talk. It's Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Man, Sal, we love Specs, right? I mean, come on. Spectacular. That, exactly. You could raise the bar on your next tailgate with Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. The fun starts here with Specs. Want to let you know that if you're looking to step up your cocktail game, you can get insider info on seasonal releases or online for same-day delivery. You could just go to SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here with Specs. They bring us our play of the game each and every minor talk. How about that? We got Specs on board. Sal, we're, we're really up in our game over here. Yep. I think this is solid. 
Yeah, might have to have some uh, some pregame treats one of these days. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, I'm with you on that, So <laughs> I like that. Hey, for our play of the game, it's a pretty easy one. It's the one and only touchdown for the Miners. And this one, it was the Tyron, uh, Tyron Smith touchdown catch that he hauled from uh, Gavin Hardison. Let's hear the action from Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. Hardison's going to throw. He lofts it up the left side. And it is caught. Tyron Smith at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners! 31 yards. Tyron Smith in this one, our play of the game. And again, that is brought to you by Specs and uh, what they were able to do with us here on Minor Talk. Really appreciate Specs. Hey, we're going to turn the page, look over to next week uh, for the Miners. They have the Oklahoma Sooners. Boy, what a gift they have next week in one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of the Big Twelve. Uh, but with that big, with that uh, Oklahoma team, they are coming out. They they didn't have a game in Week Zero, so they get a chance to watch all this film on UTEP, learn all about the t- the tricks that the Miners will show, and uh, they can game plan accordingly. So this is going to be an uphill battle for the Miners to try to just stay competitive. Going to Norman is going to be tough. It's going to be very hot out there. We thought it was um, you know muggy and humid out there tonight. Well, how about uh, yeah. how about in Norman? It's going to be a scorcher over there. Yeah, and uh, also it's a road game too. It's, there you go. It, it's not just the fact that uh, they're going to Norman. It's it's the fact that they're going from El Paso. Basically, every stadium's far from here if you're not Aggie Memorial Stadium. Uh, but it's an afternoon game as well, so it's kind of like half of that that day is a little bit gone. So the feel and, and the preparation might be a little bit different. Also, uh, you're going into Norman. I don't know if I said that already, but it's kind of a big deal. Hey, I really appreciate everybody who tuned in to the first edition of Minor Talk for the season. Uh, this is year four between myself and Sal Montes. I can't thank everybody enough for all the great response we got on our season preview podcast. Podcast. Uh, we got a ton of downloads, ton of listens, and stuff like that. Got got a great response, uh, and I really appreciate everybody doing that. We will podcast this uh, minor talk tonight. We'll archive it so the people who could not wait up until one thirty in the morning, they can definitely catch this replay as well. But uh, as we wind things down for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to the first edition of Minor Talk for UTEP football right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.